consumers are, you know, in the U.S. there's lawsuits. Consumers are demanding more of this. Yeah. Um, and whatever the industry was getting away with during, you know, up. a bust or boom. Yeah, exactly. They're fed up with, 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 the, with, with the smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Uh, um, and it, but that all comes back to the marketing of, of these products, how they're marketed, and the stories that are spun. And you, you spin and you spin and you spin and you get further and further away. Uh, it's like politicians, you know, and, and, and nobody trusts it at all. Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now when we're lower in the floor. The band is blistered, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic, the weekly podcast where we tend to focus on a topic and sometimes we get off topic. My name is Mark Bylock. I am the author of the Whiskey Cabinet. My co-host is Jamie Johnson, who runs a private but approachable bourbon club here in Toronto, Canada. This week's guest is Mark Rainier. He is the owner of Waterford Distillery and formerly the uh, owner and managing director of Brooklady Distillery. Uh, we're going to talk about Irish whiskey and how regulations affect the whiskey making process. We're going to talk about whiskey terroir. We're going to talk about noise statement whiskey. We get into a lot of topics. It's a good one. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. As you know, I'm a big fan of Brickladi and what you were able to do there, and uh, very much looking forward to hearing your comments on Irish whiskey. Pleasure. Um, so I wanted to ask you about the um, regulations around Irish whiskey, because we've talked about in the podcast previously that, you know, different countries, really the regulations that define whiskey have such a, you know, obviously profound effect on how that whiskey is made. Um, where do you see Irish whiskey going in the future? To take the last point, uh, where do I see Irish whiskey going? Um, I see it developing um, extremely well. Um, that's one of the reasons I'm there at Waterford. Um, it's a very simple numbers thing. And, you know, there's 105, soon to be 110 distilleries in Scotland. Um, and currently in production, there are four distilleries in uh, Ireland. So you can see opportunity-wise, there's, there's a lot more uh, to do uh, in the Wild West uh, in Ireland uh, than Scotland, which, which I think is you know, perhaps you know, been, been there, seen it, done it. Um, so that's the first thing. So I think, I think Irish whiskey, and historically, when you, when you, when you look at you know, what, a, what a calamitous uh, situation there was, um, not brought around by poor quality, uh, but various political and economic uh, issues that caused the complete sort of breakdown in the space of uh, 20 years, um, there were, uh, from what I can understand, a, 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 somewhere in the region of 2,000 distilling licenses. Now, I mean, they're not saying distilleries, but distilling licenses. So, so a lot of those were sort of, you know, mom and pop, sort of, you know, backroom distillation, whatever. But uh, essentially, there were, um, in the 19th century, around about uh, 35 to 40 uh, um, important distilleries. Um, and it, it's one of those perverse uh, uh, um, ironies that, that you know, the man that invented uh, the column still uh, that, that, that uh, was adopted very rapidly in Scotland and, and um, uh, led to the huge expansion of Scottish whisky uh, was, of course, invented by an Irishman, Enius Coffey, an Irish customs officer, uh, to boot, but it was never adopted in Ireland. Um, so, what's that, you know, that phrase about sort of you know, profits uh, uh, and, and in their own countries? Um, here was this guy who'd invented this you know, great system, but it was rejected in Ireland because they considered the quality of spirit to be inferior. Huh. Uh, which is quite you know, understandable. Uh, they preferred their pot stills, and they had some pretty big pot stills too in you know, some of the Dublin distilleries, but they preferred that to the spirit, um, which they considered to be you know, anodyne, from this you know, commercial uh, column still production. So uh, that's the first problem. So, so, so you end up with Ireland, Ireland rejecting uh, the economic boom that, that could have come from using adopting the, the, the column still. It was eventually adopted, mm -hmm. um, but, but it was too late by then. Um, that was the first thing. So that's a qualitative issue. Uh, um, it was rejected on quality. Uh, the second one is you had the um, independence from uh, Westminster uh, in, in 1916, 1918. 
Um, and that meant that the Irish market, uh, the market for Irish whiskey, overnight uh, disappeared because it, a vast majority of it was going into uh, the British Empire. And with independence, that uh, market um, shut down overnight. Um, so, so that's the second. Then the third one is, of course, is prohibition in America, um, you, know, you know, 10, 15 years later, um, which is probably the nail in the coffin, rejecting the column still, losing the British Empire and uh, prohibition, uh, one, two, three, um, it, you know, ended up, ended up with, with, well, the, the culmination of that was that by 1975, uh, there was one Irish whiskey company uh, making, with two distilleries, Bushmills and, and Middleton, mm -hmm. making 100% of Irish whiskey. Yeah. Um, so one company making 100% of Irish whiskey. And that was a monopoly for, for 30 years or so. And, and this is where we are today. So, so uh, the legacy of all that is that, well, the good news is it's not just two distilleries. It's, there's, there's now, you know, obviously Cooley, uh, the Teelings, when they did that, which is now owned by um, some tourists. Mm -hmm. um, and William Grant has built a distillery last year um, at, you know, for their Tullamore Dew brand, which has been produced from uh, um, Middleton at Middleton. Yeah. Um, so, so, so there are now four major distilleries. Teeling's own Dundalk Distillery, um, sort of Cooley Mark II, uh, um, is, is coming, I think, next year. Um, then Campari are involved with, with a, uh, another distillery, uh, the Walsh Distillery, uh, um, and, of course, our own. So, so, so we should have, um, by the end of, you know, we, we, we hope to be distilling by, by December, uh, January 2016, um, seven important distilleries, uh, um, which, you know, is, what's that, 300% <laughs> more <laughs> than there was uh, uh, um, um, only 10 years ago. Yeah. But so, so, you know, this, this is a good news story, it's, it, you know, because you don't get William Grant turning up or, 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 or Santori turning up. Um, unless there's some, some mileage in it. So, so, so I think that's very, very good. Now, that's, that's the second part of your original question. Bear with me, bear with me. So, so, so the first part, the first part was, was uh, uh, um, you, you asked about the rules and regulations. Now, of course, in, in, a, in a monopoly, which is what it was for 30 years, uh, um, who wants rules? You know, you are <laughs> the rule maker. Right. You know, if, if, you're, if you're the 100%, you know, you, know, you, you, you make the rules. Uh, um, and um, I think this is a bit of a legacy uh, that we've got, which is, in my mind, uh, a worry, um, because it's not very healthy. Um, now, you know, people will know of my... Uh, um, attitude towards the Scotch Whiskey Association, the SWA. Um, on the one hand, they do some very, very good work in protecting the integrity of, 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 the, of Scotch whiskey, you know, Scottish whiskey around the world, which, 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 which is good. But on the other side, which is a little bit more alarming, is you know, when you've got the industry in charge of itself, uh, it's no surprise as to which way the rules go and get bent. Uh, uh, um, they get bent in favour of uh, the, the people running the industry. Now, in the Scotch Whiskey Association, uh, the managing director and the chief executive officer come from Diageo and Perno Ricard, respectively. Yeah. And then the, the, the previous term, um, the rules were reversed. Uh, uh, um, so... so, so you know, it's no surprise uh, um, that the marketing departments of those big companies sort of get to be heard. And that's a bit worrying. Uh, um, you know, when the rules and regulations were updated several years ago, that's three or four years ago, um, and it was clear that they were being diluted in favor of marketing uh, uh, requirements to loosen up. Uh, uh, um, the, 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 the existing rules, creating new categories, 
you had blended malt and uh, um, single grain, uh, um, sort of somewhat confusing the, 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 the consumer. Uh, um, and you can see where those led to. You've now got <laughs> Hague whiskey, which is a, 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 a single grain. Uh, and of course, when you look at the presentation on the label, you go, oh yeah, that, it, it looks like single malt, looks single grain. It, it looks quite, you know, quite, you know, recherche. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, and I think, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's got loose with the SWA and it's no surprise. Um, now, in Ireland, there, there is a nascent Irish Whiskey Association, um, which I think started last year. Um, and I think there's something like eight people on it. Um, and, you know, with the best will in the world, the only one that matters is Puerto Rico. Right. And the rest, the rest are small one-man band operations. Uh, um, and, you know, Pono Rica aren't exactly going to sort of uh, kowtow to, uh, uh, um, you, know, you know, to the little man. Uh, um, so, 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 again, I think you've got this, this, this uh, um, awkward situation where, where the power uh, um, is, is in one or possibly two uh, hands. Uh, and that's not healthy. Um, now, I think I think where an example I think which works well and shows where the whiskey industries, both Irish and Scottish, um, may get it wrong, is if you look at champagne. Uh, champ- the champagne governing body is is, is the Committee Interprofessionnel. Uh, Van de Champagne, mm-hmm. CIBC. And that is run by uh, um, uh, uh, civil servants. There aren't any industry players on it. So uh, the civil servants are taking the long-term view. What's right for Champagne and what's right for France? France owns it. It's France's you know, uh, 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 culture. And so therefore... It's taken out of the hands of the industry, uh, um, so you can't have short-term uh, uh, changes or fiddling of the rules to, you know, to suit you know somebody's current sort of marketing strategy. Uh, um, and and you know, you, I'm sure the champagne houses will say, "Bloody hell, it stops us doing this. It stops us doing." Well, yes, it does, and it retains the integrity of champagne. You want more champagne? Well, you know, go and plant some vines in Chile, or you know, do you know, do something somewhere else. But you're not mucking around with champagne. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's uh, uh, um, retained the integrity and quality of champagne. Uh, whereas if it was in the UK, you can bet your dollar and dollar it would be the same big companies making up the rules to suit their their current demands. So 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 I I, I think these. These associations are both, you know, lawmaker and and you know, law abuser uh, in the one body. Whereas in Champagne, you can't, you know, you can't fiddle it. You got the you got the industry, um, and then you have government, and you have civil servants in between. Um, and we don't really have that, and I think that's that's the problem. Is there kind of like a, is there kind of a tug of war between the the big sort of business piece of it and, and those who are like working a day to day sort of on the, the ground level sort of doing the work is there is is it is it one side or the other that's currently sort of winning or is it sort of moving towards more balance or like what's the general feeling I, I, about I, that? I, 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 don't, I don't quite understand what you're getting at mm-hmm. uh, um, if you're saying uh, uh, um, you know, is it the big players versus the little players? Uh, um, well, no, because the little players have absolutely no voice whatsoever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, it is entirely run by the, the big guys. And this, this is the Scotch Whiskey Association. The Irish one, I, I don't know if they've actually done anything yet. So, so I, 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 you know, I, I can't really comment on that. Yeah, I was going to say, would you like to see the Irish Whiskey Association create something like definitions of what you know uh, pot still whiskey is and you know multi well like... that's a joke in itself isn't it uh, uh, um, that's falling in exactly the same uh, trap 
as the whiskey, Scotch whiskey did, with, with, with uh, um, uh, terminology. Uh, they had the chance when, the, when they did the, the, the recent uh, um, review to actually make it clear uh, um, about the different categories. And in fact, all they did is make it even more muddy and more unclear. Um, bearing in mind that 90% of Scotch whiskey is, is exported overseas. Uh, um, you know, so it's not exactly sort of, you know, completely English speaking, uh, consumers. Uh, um, you know, the term single grain, single malt, and blended whiskey, blended malt, and, you know, it, 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 it just made it confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, and, and of course, you know, a blended whiskey is a blend of several different whiskeys, uh, uh, um, blended malt, several different, you know, several different sing, uh, single, single malts. But when you go to Ireland and you've got pot still, it's got nothing to do with what it was distilled in. Mm-hmm. It's actually mm-hmm. a style of, of, of mash. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Perno Ricard were driving behind changing uh, the rules to make sure that the pot still referred to uh, something more akin to what they're producing. So, so you've got somebody changing the, you know, getting the rules to, to reflect what they wanted them to reflect, um, but the, the, the reality is, it's got nothing to do with pot stills. You know, it's it, it, it's a mixed batch. That's that's what the definition really is of of, of pot still whiskey. Uh, um, and, and 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 so 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 it's well, it's a deceit. It's a confusion. It's a nice, pretty word, pot stills. It sounds hoogly. The fact it could be. Huge, great uh, uh, column stills, or it could be, you, you know, uh, 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 it's, it's actually a style of whiskey with, 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 with uh, malted and unmalted barley. That's what it reflects. So perhaps a, 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 a truer uh, uh, term would be mixed mash or, or something along those lines mm-hmm. would be more reflective of, 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 of what's actually happening. So I think it's a bit sad that they've, they've followed on from Scotch Whiskey Association's confusing terminologies. Um, some would say, I would say, deliberately so. Uh, uh, um, and I think that's, that's a shame. And we've got a chance, you know, when you're starting from ground zero, to actually do something uh, uh, definitive and say, right, here it is. You know, this is going to be something that's both reflective of, of, of the different manufacturing styles but also communicate to the consumer in a clear way how that whiskey was made. Uh, uh, um, I think that would, you know, th- that, that's what I would like to have seen. Um, but, you know, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I know how these guys work, and, 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 and then, the, you know, common sense ain't going to be part of it. Now, is this... Yeah, no, that's that's got to be very frustrating. I mean, I can certainly see that that's got to be very frustrating. It isn't going to change what you're doing uh, with with your distill with your new distillery. That's well, not going to. Yeah, I, I mean, no, I, 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 as you probably know, I, I, I plow my own furrow. Uh, um, I don't give a toss what these guys uh, uh, do or say, or, 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 or because I know where it's coming from. So, 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 you know, if you believe in what you're doing and you're doing the best you possibly can. Uh, um, well then, you know, it talks for itself, you know, uh, um, so I, I'm going to be distilling, uh, uh, barley, uh, malted barley, uh, so it'll be a single malt whiskey, uh, um, so it'll be an Irish single malt whiskey, uh, uh, we've got 46 different farms growing barley for us, they start harvesting in two weeks time, uh, each of those farms equates to one week's distillation, um, so, so rather conveniently, so, so, so each week we'll be distilling a different farm's uh, uh, barley. Um, we, we've had uh, um, a, a, a warehouse, uh, a grain storage warehouse uh, developed in, in Kilkenny uh, to handle the 46 different farms. So, so each, each farm has its own bin. So the barley is dried uh, um, and stored. to keep it all separate. So we have complete traceability uh, um, to not only the provenance, but but demonstrable uh, traceability um, so that we can see uh, each one when it's distilled, uh, um, we can see the characteristics of the barley type, uh, 
and the geology and, and, and uh, um, well, terroir, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. of, of the different regions of, 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 of Ireland, which gives us uh, um, a large uh, uh, portfolio of uh, mini Waterford whiskies, which we can then assemble uh, when we're ready uh, for bottling in varying proportions to create the, the most complex spirit uh, um, one's ever seen. At Brooklady, we, you know, we, we got, a, 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 got it going, uh, and we've demonstrated that it works, uh, um, and you know, here we're basically you know, doubling the number of components um, so, 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 you know, to produce the most complex spirit possible. So you're really taking what you learned from Brooklady and you're making it, you're doubling the amount of uh, variables and grains you're going to be using and really increasing the uh, variety of barley you're going to use to give you a lot more flavor then. Well, well, well it's very much, this, it's what I call the, the, the grand van strategy. Uh, um, if you look at a label of uh, uh, um, Chateau Latour or uh, uh, Chateau Petrus, or you know, on, on the label it says Grand Vin, big wine, or some people would say great wine, but actually it means big wine, uh, um, because the big wine is made up of lots of little wines, um, different grapes grown on different pieces of the estate where they're optimally uh, uh, grown. Um, and each of those is harvested and vinified separately. And then the little wines are then assembled 18 months later um, by the cellar master to create the big wine, which is why it says Grand Vin on the label. It's not a boast, it's a statement of fact. Uh, um, and and so, so very much that philosophy uh, is what I tried uh, to uh, establish in, uh, in Brooklady. Um, and... To, to a degree of success uh, in Ireland. Uh, um, well, you know, you talk to anybody on here on Isla, and they'll tell you that the best barley they ever saw came from Ireland. Um, it's one of the reasons I, I, I directed my gaze over there. It's a fantastic barley-growing region. Um, it's, it's essentially the central and east and southern coasts uh, of Ireland. And uh, um, the quality of barley there is superb. Um, so that's one of the driving reasons for going to Ireland was for the barley uh, to allow me to do this philosophy of, 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 of uh, individual farm uh, um, uh, origins. Um, so, you know, 100% of our barley is coming from those 46 farms. Um, and... It, it, you know, it will allow us to, it, it, because at the end of the day, you know, whiskey is about barley. That's what that's what it is. That's what that's where it's, what it comes from. And so, you know, the best place to grow barley in Europe is Ireland. So, that's the reason for going there. Second reason is is this old, uh, well, old. I get I bought two breweries, uh, um, one uh, from 1792, and the other one from 2004. And it's a 2004 brewery that we're converting at the moment into a distillery. Um, so very state of the art, not 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 the same sort of romantic thing as 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 uh, Brooklady, which is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful distillery. And I, I, it's something very very close to my heart. Now this is functional. This is stainless steel. This is very very modern. Uh, um, in fact, so modern that there's gadgets in there which you would never find in any distillery. Uh, um, and so we've been thinking of ways that we can use them uh, 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 to enhance uh, uh, the distilling the process. So it's quite exciting on that front. But it's not pretty. It's functional. Yeah. But it's functional. Uh, that's all I need because I need it to convert my barley into, into whiskey. Then, so that's, that's the reason I'm there. And then the third reason is because, well, you know, it, it's the Wild West. There's not much happening there at the moment. Uh, so... so in comparison to Scotland, so 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 those two reasons, those three reasons are, are, are why I'm uh, doing the Waterford Distillery. It's very exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, it's an exciting project. <laughs> I mean, Bacaladi <laughs> being such a such a success story, um, and the story behind that, I I, I love the story behind it as well. But it took um, a lot. But it, but it took a lot uh, to, to get going, and, and and of course, you know, here on Isla, it's a very wild um, and remote place 
um, you know, down at Waterford in, in Ireland, uh, which incidentally is exactly the same degree of uh, uh, um, longitude as, 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 as Isla. Uh, um, I mean, down, down, down there, you're on the east side of the country, so it's more protected. Uh, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the sun, it's a sunnier area altogether. Uh, um, so, so it's it's um, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's, it literally, uh, you know, 180 degrees due south of, 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 of here. Um, so, so I, I think it's a, a, um, a great place to be. Uh, very enthusiastic people. Uh, I'm very, very impressed by uh, the caliber of folk that I've met. Um, we've got an amazing team together, and we've been able to achieve an awful lot in a very short period of time. Compared to Brooklady, where we were trying to convince people to do things, it was a bit like pushing a ball uphill. Um, it was a real struggle. Uh, uh, um, you know, the, the, the concept, the, the ideas. You know, the fact that it wasn't the industry norm. It, it, it was a very different attitude. It was very hard to get those ideas adopted and um, and developed. It took a long time to do that. Um, whereas here in Ireland. Now, uh, um, you know, I've been able to get this uh, barley, extraordinary barley provisioning uh, 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 concept up um, in eight months. Um, and that's, that's been a, a very exciting and rewarding experience. No, I mean, that's amazing. How many people get to open up two distilleries in, um, you know, 15, 20 years and uh, really get them started and going on uh, to bring in all that wealth of knowledge together uh, that's pretty amazing. It's also very topical. I mean, right now, uh, having an idea of where your grains are sourced, where your food's sourced from, is a big deal today, and it's a very topical subject. Mm. Um, it's just interesting to bring that into the whiskey world. Yeah. Well, well when, we, when, when we started that uh, on Isla, um, we came in for a huge amount of uh, uh, ridicule. Really? Uh, um, you know, I can remember some very famous uh, 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 whiskey writers who, who completely trashed the idea who said it was all nonsense. Uh, it, was, it was all sort of complete poppycock, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, we, we, we had a, a huge amount of uh, 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 resistance. Hmm. Uh, um, so, so it was you know, even more satisfying when you, when you get, got round to actually putting something in bottle and saying, well, look, here, you, know, here you go, guys. You know, this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been working on. You know, uh, here it is. You know, the, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Uh, well, that's a proof alcoholic. But you know what I mean. Uh, so, 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 so yes, it, it, and, and of course that's one of the reasons I was very sad that, that you know when when when, when uh, Remy bought bought. Although Remy fully understand you know those concepts of terroir and traceability, uh, uh, um, and couldn't be a better person to have bought the distillery and taken it on. Yeah, you know, I, I was personally upset because you know I'm quite finished. You know, you know I wanted to show you know all these things we were working on. You know, I wanted people to see uh, 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 um, you know what we've been talking about, uh, um, and so, so it was slightly frustrating to me to you know, to, 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 to to you know abandon shit just just as these things were were, were coming to fruition. Uh, um, so so you know hey. But to start again, and 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 you know we can do it in an even bigger uh, uh, um, and uh, and more thorough uh, uh, way. So it's uh, um, I suppose there's a, a silver lining in everything. No, there is. I mean, now now you've, you're going to have two distillers behind your name. I mean, you, Brooklady, you've built that up, and you have that that in your legacy. Mm. Now you've got a second distillery that you're really going to be. Uh, mm. I know a lot of people are looking forward to to the whiskey that comes out of there and and the, and what's going to be coming yeah. out there in the future. I mean, I think that's that's an exciting like yeah. that's got to be a very exciting uh, uh, experience. And but it takes great time. Story. It takes time. It takes time. So, 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 so hold your horses. I was going to say you <laughs> can't rush this it either. Takes time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, that's I suppose you know second time round. You know about the frustrations, and so therefore. You know, you 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 you're cooler about the whole thing. So 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 I, I um I'm not getting worked up by it yet. You know, it's it's uh, um that's that's a further down the line. 
Yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, it's gonna take it's gonna take time. Uh, what's what are sort of the? Uh, do you have uh, any strategies early on? Are you gonna have like a a club and somebody's people can drink the the still or like that kind of stuff? Are you gonna do anything like that? No, uh, uh, um, we're gonna be completely miserable bastards, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, and, and, and no one's gonna see anything at all. Uh, um, we're not going to talk about anything. We're not going to sell anything. Um, it's a completely miserable thing that, until we're ready. And then when we're ready, then you'll hear all about it. That's so, amazing. So, 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 so you're not really going to see anything about this Waterford project at all. That's uh, um, so so, so, so <laughs> it's going to disappear. Uh, um, and then when, when we're ready, we'll, it will come with a bang. Um, but but that won't be for five years or so. So uh, five years of distillation um, oh, onwards. Amazing. Yeah. So 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 focus. Everything has been focused on the barley. Everything is on the barley, on the distillation, on the wood, uh, uh, um, and uh, you know the, the way we're running the company is is, is again it's a, 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 a wonderful. It goes back to the old old times of having a, a you know a head brewer and a head distiller uh, and a wood person. And a warehouse person, uh, um, so 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 it's it's a very neat uh, 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 um, structure to, for, for the company, um, and uh, you know it allows you know, the, you know it shows you where the importance is. You know, having a head brewer, um, being a head brewer, as opposed to just a title, uh, um, is very important. You know, because we've got the ability to play around a bit with some yeast. Do some yeast experiments to see if see see, how, see, see what that what that can do. Uh, um, you know, brewing is 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 you know at least half of, of the whole uh, distillation uh, uh, process. So so it makes sense to um, put a lot of effort into that. So so um, it comes back to you know if you have great barley um, and you, you've got great equipment, uh, um, you've got great wood, um, and you just still you know, slowly and 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 sensibly, um, you know, it, I mean, it's, it's a bit dot to dot. We we ought to be able to produce some pretty seriously good whiskey. So 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 that's that's the um, that's the, the sort of essence of it all. I mean, I guess that's what we love about whiskey. It's that you can't really explain everything about whiskey. It's not a perfect science. It's it's that those little things in between that really make a difference. And it's kind of fantastic yeah, that it, you it, don't. That you don't actually have to go ahead and make, you know, your vodka and your gin like most. Just like no, you yeah, get exactly. to do exactly what you're meant to do, right? Right, sort of from the get go. That's right. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's that's how we structured it. That's how I structured the company. It was to John McTaggart and John Adams again, the same sort of shareholders we had at Procladi and a few extra ones. So we all know, uh, you know, what the what the what the game is. Um, and we've sort of really made a conscious decision to uh, um, concentrate solely on distillation uh, um, and not get distracted by you know, having to cobble together a distribution network for uh, um, you know and create revenue to finance distillations. Which is what we did at Brookladdy, and it it's, it, it was it was you know, you know intolerable pressures in mm-hmm. some cases. Uh, um, so, so, so we structured it and financed it in a way, which again, I suppose, is is unique uh, because the only way we were able to do that was by showing what we'd done at Brookladdy and people mm. understanding what we'd done, uh, um, which is that, has enabled us to to finance this, um, to give us the freedom to uh, um, to do that and not have to chase revenue uh, um, and, until we're ready to do so. Well, five years is definitely a long time to wait. Um, I know I definitely can't uh, wait to taste the product. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, um, but it is a long way. You know, uh, you know, and five years, I'm not saying five years is when it's going to be at its best. It won't because you know, it, it will take more time. But again, it depends on the quality of the wood and, 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 uh, 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 and the variables of the wood. That, you know, one thing we learned uh, uh, you know, from the Brooklyn experience was was not to compromise on words, you know, absolutely. Uh, uh, um, you just don't think of compromising on words. When, you know, when a lot of startup distilleries get going, you know, the, 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 the wood bill um, is something that gets forgotten about. And, and certainly it happened to us. 
um, back then, and, and we had to compromise. Um, and then retrospectively try and upgrade everything you know, that, that we've done in, in the earlier years. Um, whereas here, we, you know, we are going out for the best quality wood we can get right from day one. Uh, um, so then, you know, there's several things you learn, you know, during during uh, uh, a distillation project. You remember, you know, we, we started Brookladdy, you know, coming up 15 years ago. Uh, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, we've learned a lot in that time, um, and so it's, it's it's good to be able to, you know, put that all into practice and everything you've learned, mistakes that you made, uh, um, and and you know. You, you know, react accordingly. So, so it's it's refreshing to be able to do that. Well, it must be. I mean, without Brickladdy, you would you probably not have this freedom to do this because to be able to have a product and focus Correct. just on whiskey Correct. and being able to not worry about making Correct. any money for five years. I mean, that, that's amazing, and that's such a unique experience. Um, um, yeah, it's one thing builds into the next. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, a real testament yeah, right. to to like Brickladdy, like a real, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but again, you know, with Brookladdy, you know, there's a lot of thinking and a lot of time went into that. It didn't mm-hmm. just happen. No. Uh, uh, um, the implementation may not have been as quick as I would have liked, and the various reasons for that. Uh, um, but, but, you know, hence doing it, you know, this, this project in Ireland, where, where you know, we've got a completely clean slate, um, and you can put these, you know, these theories into practice immediately. And everybody there knows that it works because they've seen you do it already uh, um, and you know that it works and, and, and so, so, so therefore there's a confidence uh, uh, um, you know, for everybody that, that, that you know, you're onto something that's, that's going to be good. Uh, um, whereas you know, with the book landing thing, we were very much in the dark and we were sort of pushing the boundaries uh, um, and there was a lot of resistance uh, uh, um, to doing some of these things and, and, and uh, um you know, it's it's nice to have the uh, uh, um, the confidence to be able to uh, push ahead, knowing that it works. Oh, that's excellent, Mark. Uh, you know, uh, I'd love to talk to you another time about uh, whiskey and terroir. Um, I don't know if you know this, Jamie. Uh, yeah. When I I wrote it, when I before I published the book, I wrote the I published the chapter about terroir, and I think Mark Mark mm. picked it up, and I think he responded like, I can't remember. It was sort of like it's kind of adequate, but you're probably missing some things there as well, <laughs> in a very polite way, uh, which I very much appreciated. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but I the, well, the, you know, it, 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 the thing is, the terroir is, is if you haven't got it. Everyone poo-poos it. And I'd I, I go back to a wine trade scenario. I, I can remember when Californian wines uh, came onto the scene uh, um, in, the, in, the, in the early 80s uh, um, and challenged the French, and there was all these special tastings, and uh, um, you know, there was some very you know, technically extremely well-made wines coming out of California. Um, and there was this thing about terroir, the Californians saying, well, so what? It's French folklore. Uh-huh. You know, I, I remember that phrase, French folklore. It's nonsense. You know, you know, it's all about winemaking. We know how to make wine. You know, we've, got the, we've got the knowledge. We've got the know-how. Uh, um, you know, terroir, French folklore, waste of time. <laughs> now, some 20 years later, 30 years later, you've got the Rutherford bench. You've got you know, this, you've got that, you know, phenomena. Of course, terroir matters. It's just they didn't know where it was at the time. And now they do. Uh, um, so, 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 what I'm saying is that if you haven't got terroir, then you poo-poo it, and it's irrelevant. If you have got terroir, well, then you uh, extol it, uh, um, and I think that's that's what I would loosely say about the concept of terroir. Uh, um, I mean, any gardener knows, you know, roses grow better on you know certain size of a garden where the soil is, you know, you, you know, lighter and heathers and stuff grow where the soil's acid. You know, you know people know this. Gardeners know this. Farmers know this. Uh, um, so so it, it, it's no great surprise that, it, it, you know, anything that grows is going to reflect the, the, the microclimate, the soil, the exposition of, of where it grows. Now, you know, all things being equal, if you can then harvest that and then, you know, in our case, you know, uh, mash it and distill it, uh, uh, um, there ought to be some differences coming through. Um, and 
you know, there may not be greatly overt differences, but there are differences. And, and you know, when you can show people a spirit, uh, or have two farmers, and get get those two farmers to argue with each other and josh each other about why their spirits are different, and yet they were distilled the same way and they were harvested at the same time, um, and get them to realize that one soil is sandier than the other, which is heavier and, 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 and peatier. Uh, uh, um, that's what this is all about. It's nuances, it's subtleties, but they exist. Uh, um, and and you know, it's up to us to uh, um, extract those subtleties and differences from these wonderful 46 different uh, 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 farms, which have been chosen because of their geological differences. Uh, um, so, 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 you know, let's see, let's see, let's see what happens. I, I think it's going to be, you know, in, in, in the worst case scenario, it's all Waterford whiskey. Uh, uh, the best case scenario, we've got 46 different little mini uh, 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 Waterford whiskies, in which case we can, you know, play with them and and, and uh, uh, assemble them uh, according to those characteristics to try and make something, you know, the ultimate mindfuck of a whiskey. Which is, which is, <laughs> you know, what I'm that is definitely the uh, title of this podcast. Um, excellent. Um, so curious, are you? Uh, do you believe that the pot still uh, is going to give you a better whiskey versus the column still? I, I have potentially a, a column still already there, uh, uh, um, and we're thinking of a way to use it uh, uh, that will, uh, uh, you know, be interesting for us to use. We don't need it for the economy. We don't need it, you know. A column still, you know, part of the thing was, you know, you know, a third less manpower, uh, mm-hmm. cheaper grain, uh, uh, cheaper uh, uh, fuel. Um, that's not really relevant to us. Uh, um, it's just whether you know we, we, you know, we use what's already there, uh, that column still to play different tunes uh, um, or not. And at the moment, you know, we, we, you know, it's there. We're bound to use it one way or another. But really, it's pot stills. Um, the two stills that we stole from from uh, um, Allied distillers from Inverleven, um, <laughs> and they've been sitting at Brooklady for the last ten years. Um, they're being refurbed by Forsyth. Um, they'll be installed in September. Um, so, so that allows us to get going, uh, um, you know, so quickly um, because there's a delay in getting, you know, decent, you know, hand-beaten pot stills uh, um, because of the demand worldwide. Wow. Uh, so, so that allows us to get going. And then sort of over the next five years, we'll replace those two with a train of, 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 of purpose-built uh, uh, um, pot stills, um, you know, sometime between now and then. No, Mark, that's great. I mean, I, I think it's uh, really refreshing to see, uh, you know, somebody so close, um, you know, uh, to the distillery uh, be so frank and forward and honest about uh, your opinions and how you think. I mean, it's just, for me, it's just really refreshing. It's, it's the way I see it. You know, so, 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 you know, I think, you know, if you believe in something and you can, you know, you know, uh, um, you, know you, you tell it as it is. And, uh, you know, if people want to poo-poo it, they can poo-poo it. The Scotch whiskey industry poo-pooed it. Um, and now... Look at them all trying to copy what we were doing. Uh, uh, um, so, so you know, I, I, to go back to your SWA and Irish whiskey association, you know, I, I don't have much time for these things. You know, you know, you, you do what you think's right. Um, you know, you, you have an open book; people can see what you're doing. Uh, um, you know, I think you know, when, when you set out, you know, that that you know, 46 uh, different provenances, 46 different terroir. You have to be able to prove it because mm-hmm. if you can't prove it, then people will dismiss it. And and you know, the industry being the nature that, that it is, they'll 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 knock holes in it and they'll this and the other. They can't knock holes in this because we have taken inordinate degrees of, of effort to make sure that every farm's barley, every field's barley, is traceable, has a passport from the field <laughs> to the distillery. Uh, and right the way through the whole system, and it's unprecedented, absolutely unprecedented. Uh, um, so, so, so uh, um, you know, we can be very confident in what we say uh, about what we're doing, um, and it's very demonstrable what we're doing, um, and we're very happy to show people uh, um, exactly that. So, so uh, um, you know, on that basis, it's 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 easy to 
um, to be confident, or, you know, or flippant even about what, what we're doing. But it's only because we know that it's absolutely 100% uh, secure and uh, provable. And I think that's, that's, uh, um, that's what underlies the whole project. The openness and, 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 and integrity are, are paramount. I think that's great. That's the transparency that there's been so much. Um, there's been, well, here there's been lawsuits yeah. sort of like right, left and center and people are all up in arms yeah. and, and it, you know, they want to know. Yeah. They want it on the bottle. They want like to be drink. able to find it. And um, yeah. so we've been talking a lot about transparency, uh, where your, you yeah. know, where your grain comes from and all that stuff. So it sounds like it's exactly this is coming at exactly the right time when people are so well, sick of wondering. But you're so right. But you know what? It all comes back to the same problem, which is marketing. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you've got companies, uh, um, you know, 50, 60, 70 you know, people in a department and their sole aim is to how to sell more hooch, um, and they're looking to see what other people do, and they and they borrow this, they borrow that, and and, and, it, and it's all it's all magpie stuff. It's all it's all it's all it's a borrowing things. It's not done because of an integrity uh, or or or, or, or a, um, intellectual honesty. It's done because somebody sitting in that department thinks they can sell another container of hooch. That's the problem, and that's the whole industry's problem. It's short termism. And, and that goes back to what we discussed earlier on. Uh, yeah. uh, um, that's when you get into flavoured whiskies. Uh, uh, um, they're now doing it in Ireland. They're now doing it in Scotland. Uh, uh, um, you know, it's 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 bad news uh, uh, um, because it's short term uh, at the expense of hard won, hard earned uh, um, integrity of, of Scotch whiskies, which was. I accept, was, 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 was established by the SWA in the first place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that would be very pleased to see that um, compromised. Um, you know, a lot of you know, people overseas would be absolutely you know, happy as Larry you know, to, to, to see uh, um, good old Scotch Whiskey Association uh, get their comeuppance. Uh, um, and and uh, um, I think that's, that's sad in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I um I, I agree. Like it's, um, consumers are you know in the U.S. there's lawsuits. Consumers are demanding more of this. Yeah. Um, and whatever the industry was getting away with during you know up. a buster boom. Yeah, exactly. Is not going to be with, 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 the, with, with the smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Uh, um, and it, but that all comes back to the marketing of of these products, how they're marketed, and the stories that are spun. And you you spin and you spin and you spin and you get further and further away. Uh, it's like politicians, you know, and, and, and then nobody trusts it at all. That, that's exactly the, the same, you know, style as a substance. And I, and I think that's, that's really dangerous. And yeah. it's, it, 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 where it's sort of peak, uh, you know, peak danger, you know, peak, uh, uh, peak spin. And I think that's uh, um, what you're describing is, you know, the consumer, you know, who's been drinking, uh, 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 the people that discovered, you know, single malt whiskey in the last 20 years or so, you know, 10 years. Uh, um, and they're just saying, oh, so you keep telling me this, but you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you know, what's going on? Um, so, so, and I think that, you know, the internet, I think, uh, uh, um, you know, the, the availability of information, which was never there before. It's one of the things, you know, Remy were so impressed with, with Profati was the verifiability of, of what we were doing. Um, and it, you know, if you pay 175 grand for a Ferrari, um, you know, you pay 175 grand because you can go and meet the man that builds the engine um, of your car. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can, uh, you know, you can meet the cow whose leather is going to make the seat. That's, 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 that's what it's all about. Uh, um, and, I, and, I, and I think that's, this is where, you know, the whiskey industry has, uh, um, and, and, and all these over-powerful marketing departments, uh, um, have, have have gone. They they they, you know, they they t- told you it's a Ferrari and it's not. Uh, mm. um, and 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 I think that's you know there's going to be some comeuppance along the line somewhere along the line. Yeah, and I, I think you do you do kind of and you do need both. I, was, I always say this about Brickladdy, um, you know, 
big big fan of the whiskey, but it's also really like the bottles are nicely designed. The marketing is there. Like you you have yeah sure you have uh, sure, bottled sure. it beautifully. Uh, of course you've got to. Of course you've got to demonstrate. Well, if you if you pick up any of those bottles, it's all on the tin. Everything we do is on the tin, explaining to you what we're, what we're, what we're doing, uh, how we do it. Again, it's completely open. We have to make as a small company. We have to make those things. Uh, for us, um, it's telephone. Yes, go right here. Uh, uh, um, um, yes, uh, and, and we're, we're not fools. I've been a retailer of fine wines and spirits uh, since 1980. I know what what helps to sell things. I mean, an example there would be uh, um, the Riesling grape, uh, an Alsace wine. Uh, I've always been a great fan of Alsace wines, and Riesling you know, is one of the greatest great varieties uh, known to man. But boy, uh, the Alsace growers don't help themselves when it comes to marketing their wine. Uh, and they've got really sort of Teutonic, Germanic sort of names and labels, really dull presentation. And they'd all say, oh, well, this is the tradition, this is the tradition, this is what we do. But, but, but to the consumer, they, they just don't know what, what's going on. And then the Australians come along with you know, Riesling or the Californians come along with Riesling, um, Jim Barry, Riesling all very easy, and we were selling 10 times more Australian Riesling than we were Alsace Riesling, and yet the Alsace Riesling was the better wine, and they were all at the same price. And that's just pure presentation. You know, the Alsace guys just wouldn't help themselves. Uh, uh, um, and and, and so, so, you know, I, I know that we're, you know, we're selling whiskey as an independent private company. You, you've really got to make sure that, that, that you know, you're getting your points across, uh, um, you know, and, and that people are going to, you know, uh, um, it's going to help sell itself uh, to people uh, rather than make a, make a rod for your own back. Uh, um, so, so, yes, we've put a great deal of effort and thought. And, of course, it's collars and cups. You know, if the stuff in a bottle is, you know, what I've just described to you is what we've been doing, well, then, you know, it follows that the rest of it should go there, too. You know, it should look, uh, um, you know, every, everything should be uh, cohesive, you know, and, 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 and telling you the, the, the story of what we're doing. Uh, um, you know, colourful because, you know, we didn't want to be associated with the rest of the whiskey industry. We wanted to be seen, you know, as, as something completely separate. And that's sort of what I feel also in, in Ireland, you know. Uh, um, whiskey, oh, yes, so it is Irish. Oh, yes, it's Irish whiskey. Uh, uh, um, the single malt whiskey, the Irish single malt whiskey. I'm, uh, it, it's not. It's not important to me. It's it's what's going to be in the bottle that is important. Um, and yes, we'll have to think of something good to put it in. <laughs> Well, I'm sort of building on that piece. I know that you're not going to be putting any age statements on your whiskey. That is also a huge, like if you go on Twitter, you know, there's always, you know, people, um, distillers who are taking age statements off their bottle, which is probably trickier than just not putting them on in the first place. But uh, I'm just curious, <laughs> just curious about sort of like that, that no age statement piece for you. And this can be the last question because I, I won't. We should be mindful of your time, but um, but yeah, I, I'm just sort of curious to hear what the the non-age statement uh, uh, thing uh, has become more prevalent because stocks uh, um, available to distillers have uh, um, been restricted. So, that, so that's that's the first thing. So, so there's, mm -hmm. there's there's been a a, a, um, a forced uh, 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 um, you know, it, it was a huge growth of Scotch whiskey, uh, um, and you know, therefore the pressure on stocks. That's that's the first thing. Mm -hmm. My own personal reason is uh, um, I find it really hard to accept that a ten-year-old whiskey is the arbiter of all whiskey. And mm -hmm. I, this came. I mean, we get, you go, go to America. Half the states are monopoly states, and so you've got one guy. And he wants a ten-year-old whiskey, and if you haven't got a ten-year-old whiskey, he's not interested. So, so, so who says ten-year-old whiskey is, you know, what, what about nine and a half, you know, or, 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 or ten and <laughs> yeah. three quarters? It, right. it, it, it is, it's so arbitrary; it's, it's, it's ridiculous. 
And of course, again, the marketers uh, um, jumped on those uh, age statements. Uh, and so if you've got a 10-year-old, and like, well, I'll do a 12, because 12 must be better than 10. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily. Uh, um, 25 must be better than, than 18. I mean, I can, I can remember being in New York uh, uh, um, uh, uh, doing a tasting, um, and after the tasting, there were these guys, um, they're all dentists and doctors and stuff. And it was like two kids playing snap. Uh, well, it was more than two kids, four kids playing snap. And because I just listened to these guys and they said, oh, well, I drink McCallan, you know, 12. And, you know, the guy, all oh, right. And the other guy said, well, I drink McCallan 18. And then the other guy was, well, I drink McCallan, you know, 21. I, 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 it, it was like you know, my wallet is bigger than yours. Uh, uh, um, exactly. You know, and, right. and you just well, and, and you just think, well, this is crazy. Uh, uh, um, so, so you know, we also know that you know one of the large distilling companies has a lot of uh, mature whiskey, older whiskey, and so for them, age matters. Um, and that was part of a, 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 a marketing uh, um, statement. Whereas you know, for others who've got less. Uh, mature stock. Age doesn't matter. Now, it comes down to, you know, obviously how the bottle is put together, uh, um, how much attention to detail there is. Uh, um, but we found at Brooklady that, 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 you know, we could produce bottlings of five-year-old whiskey that would beat 25-year-old, 30-year-old whiskey in tasting. Mm. Uh, um, and, you know, yeah, okay, I'm not saying five-year-old is, is better than 30-year-old, you know, but in some cases it can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, because you know, some of the old whiskey is tarred and woody and you know, whatever. Uh, um, but I'm not saying equally that all five-year-old whiskey is, is, is great. It depends on, on the barley, it depends on the wood, it depends on where it's been stored, how it's been stored, and how it's been bottled, and how it's been put together. But the long and short of it is that... Uh, um, the, the wood used in the 70s and 80s was so overused uh, um, that it did very little to the whiskey. The lignins and the tannins and the vanillins leached from the wood had already been leached. There was nothing coming from them. But hey, it doesn't matter. You're going to chill filter it. You're going to sort of put thousands of barrels together and then you're going to caramelize it. So, so what the hell? And that was very much the prevailing attitude. And, and uh, um, so, so if you reject those terms of chill filtering and caramel and, and, and massive bottom, then of course, uh, um, you know, it's down to how you assemble uh, um, a bottling. And, and you know, that, that could be done with the vibrancy of youthful whiskies. Um, and whiskies that actually look to, to most people like a 10 or a 15 year old, you know, whiskey. And yet, are only five because they've been put in very good wood. Uh, um, so, so, so um, you know, you know, I, 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 you know, I've I've come across whiskies that are twenty-five and they look like dishwater, you know, uh, um, because the wood is so dead. It's done absolutely nothing for the whiskey. It's maturing, sure, it, but 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 so the wood isn't helping. Um, so, so I think you know, if you do use good wood and you do still slowly. And you use great barley, then then it's we have shown that you know you can produce whiskies that that uh, are aged less. You know it's hard to tell how old they are, mm-hmm. uh, um, and so therefore you know, you know if, if I put five on a label, you know somebody's going to say, oh five, well that can only be half as good as a ten. Mm-hmm. So so it would be suicide. You wouldn't do it. For that very reason, the consumer isn't ready for that, uh, um, and so, so 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 it's easier not to put an age on it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then and then you know you could go oh, fine. They're not distracted by by by, by that sort of um, that statement. So so I think depending which way you look at the issue, um, non-age statement can mean good things. Also, you know, if you're selecting from from uh, uh, um, uh, you know thousands, thousands of barrels, you know, why why limit yourself to one year's production when you might be able to make something more complex and more thrilling by using characteristics from different you know different ages? And, you know, assuming that you know you know generically that the barley uh, you know one harvest to another is going to be slightly different. 
uh, and there'll be generally slightly different characteristics. I'm talking about the, you know, the bigger whiskey industry as opposed to what, what I'm doing. Um, what, what, what we're doing, you know, yes, boy, you can see a difference every harvest. Of course, the harvest overlaps. So it's the, 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 the actual year versus when that barley was harvested it can be confusing because there's you know, obviously an overlap. Um, but yes, you know, there are demonstrably uh, uh, characteristic differences from, from, from one harvest to the next. Uh, um, it's not rocket science. Um, and if you keep them all separate and, 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 and um, until the time of, of, of assembling and bottling, um, then it gives you more characteristics to play with. Uh, take that on a much bigger scale industrially, you know, some of those characteristics will also be different. Um, so, so, you know, why limit yourself to, to one year's uh, um, harvest when, when perhaps, you know, several different years will be more interesting than just one? So, so uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, you know, I like single vintages. Yeah, sure. Um, but I also, you know, like the compilation of, of two or three different years. It, it, it can be very interesting. So, so non-age statement to me is not a a, a badge of dishonor. It's, it, it, it's, it can be quite thrilling. Having said that, it will equally be abused uh, uh, um, as, as these things always are. So, so I think the consumer has to uh, um, wade through uh, um, and see what they think. Yeah, it, it does come down to credibility. I think that's that's what what you know the community is angry about. Uh, yeah. They're they're angry that they used to have this number that kind of guaranteed them at least that, and now that you know that that credibility uh, is being lost with distilleries that that are you know like you said um, abusing the uh, mm. the system. Um, mm. And on the other side, um, credibility can give you the ability to produce great whiskey without having to worry about a number on the bottle, which is which is great. And I think that's a uh, um, yeah. Well, I, 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 to those guys, I'd say that you know just wait a bit, uh, and and when stocks replenish, um, because you know this massive increase in distillation capacity um, has been going on um, over the last five years or so. Um, but, but, and yet, single malt sales, uh, 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 which, which continue to rise, blended whiskey sales, which, which stagnate. Uh, um, you, the, the, that, that, that balance of sales versus stock, uh, um, you, you know, the, the stock levels are going to re, uh, uh, um, uh, readjust. Um, and then you'll probably find age statements that will be flavor of the month again. <laughs> um, but, but, but I think we need to wait a, a few years for that to happen. Yeah, we, we should be more like wine drinkers in many ways. You know, no, no, wine drinkers don't expect every vintage to be the best ever is or better than the year before. They understand there's fluctuations because mm. of climate. Uh, whiskey isn't a fun. yeah, and that's what makes it fun exactly. So whiskey isn't climate necessarily isn't the big the biggest factor, but certainly you know barrel availability, qual- quality of barrels, what's available that that is a factor in what you're drinking, and that it will change from year to year. Well, you know, there's been a lot of pressure on barrels in the last uh, three, four years. Um, so, so one could say that you know perhaps you know, there's going to be a bit of a compromise there, which is which 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 is, is a worry. Uh, um, but yeah, it, you know, it, you know. But as I say, a wine that's harvested in September, May you know, that year, it is of that year. But you know, barley harvested in August isn't going to be ready until November, December. And so it actually be distilled next year. So, so you could argue that that sort of uh, um, there's, there's a, a, a um, you know, if it's said, if it's a distillation date, for example, was 1970, well, that barley is going to be from 1969. Yeah. Do, do, do you see what I mean? Yeah, I guess uh, um, what I mean. Yeah. But there, but there will be an overlap. So it's, it's slightly more confusing, right? Uh, uh, um, than it is for wine. Um, but yes, you know, we, we, we know, and you just have to look back to, to, to records of general tasting records. And I think this would be something, something like the Malt Maniacs would find, and Serge Valentin would find interesting. It's, it's to look back through certain ages uh, of, of whiskey, uh, um, distillation dates, and see if there's a correlation between uh, um, climatic differences. Now, you know, we're not talking about regional barley, like, you know, Ireland or whatever, because that didn't sort of happen back then. 
the body was pretty much European-wide. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, those climatic changes uh, um, do affect. You know, like, like this year, for example, is, is, is a cold, wet year. It's, it, it, and, and it will be for, for most of north, north, northern parts of northern Europe. So, so that there ought to be a, 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 a general characteristic attributable to, to barley grown in the summer of 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, you know, because it's got a lot more international. Uh, um, you know, some companies are bringing barley in from Australia and all, you know, and all over the place. But, but generally speaking, there ought to be. Yeah. Uh, um, and, I, and I think if you, it would be very interesting to look back at uh, um, tasting notes to see if there is a correlation of that, uh, even to wine harvest, for example. Um, because I think you'll probably find that there is. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's that would be interesting to look at, especially uh, there is a lot mm. of data out there, like you said. Um, we can look at that. Yeah. Um, and we'll be able to see that through, uh, through your project because everything will be so well categorized. Oh, yeah. We'll be able to see over the next yeah. five, ten years exactly. uh, how that well, matters. Exactly. That's, that's super exciting. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Mark, th- thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Thanks, Mark. Very much appreciate your, uh, uh, your chat. I feel like I chat with you for hours. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I know you're You get pretty uh, geeky over here. <laughs> pleasure. Not a problem. Thank you. It was so lovely. It was so great. Thank you so much. We'll speak again then.